one as we start tonight. Okay, I still see people greeting Hope House. I greet you tonight. Now let me allow scriptures to do the talking. As we begin this journey we have tonight, I hope you have time for the word. Because like I said, I have a feeling or I have a sense that tonight's word will redefine the last few days in March for us. So let's get into this word real quickly from Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 1. And then we'll begin to dissect what God is saying to us tonight. Go for it. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's very important that I start with this greeting to you tonight. The greeting I start with is grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. I quickly want you to jump to 2 Peter, I believe, chapter 1 in the Amplified Version. Grace and peace to you. I start with this greeting of grace to you, peace to you. May you have grace to achieve and to carry out the assignment for you in this month of March. Grace and peace to you. I Have you found that scripture for me? I want to show you just quickly why sometimes when we begin to greet, we start carrying out the greeting of grace and peace. Where we ask that grace and peace be multiplied to you tonight. Because there are certain things that you cannot do without grace stepping in. What is grace? The unmerited favor. The unmerited goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. So you should see that same scripture in the same greeting in 2 Peter chapter 1 or 1 Peter chapter 2, one of the two but it's, I usually confuse them but I, I want to take us on a journey today so this is a quick um, diversion 2 Peter chapter 1, grace and peace to you, be multiplied to you go on grace and peace be yours in abundance All right. Through the knowledge you can start from verse 1 still Simon Peter, uh-huh. a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Every time the apostles of the leaders of the New Testament church would greet, they would first of all introduce who they were. I love this because it says Simon Peter, a bond servant. Every time you will see the leaders of a new generation rise, they will actually be bond servants to somebody. Simon Peter was a bond servant an apostle. An apostle is special messenger. So when you see something like the nation family, it is an apostolic church. What it would comprise of, what it would consist of, are special messengers. Whoever's on the um, sound today, just help me decrease the bass a bit in my voice. Our special messengers, personally chosen representatives of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, continue. To those who have received and uh-huh. possessed by yep. God's will a yep. precious faith of the same kind as ours. At some point yesterday, we began to teach about what it meant to be one. And what we saw there was that there was also we share in one faith. So what I've come to announce actually tonight is that the same faith that Peter, the apostle, had, the spawn servant of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is the same faith in which we share in. We share in that faith. 
he said to those who have received a like precious faith of the same kind as ours so the same peter that saw the lame man by the temple called beautiful by the gate called beautiful and told him silver and gold i do not have but what i have i give to you rise up and walk that you share in that same faith with him there is a faith that simon peter had the same faith that caused simon peter to turn the world upside down when they saw simon peter and the apostles they said is this not the men who turned the world upside down are these not the apostles who turned the world upside down but he says tonight that we have received of the same like precious faith that he received when christ was leaving or when christ spoke to peter he said peter satan has sought to sift you like wheat but i have prayed to you pray for you that your faith will not fail you but peter says again that same faith that caused me to stand up and speak you have received the same like precious faith so it is not a different faith there is not a faith called pastor sam's faith there is only a faith called the like precious faith same kind of out by what by the righteousness of god and savior jesus christ then what did he say grace and peace he said grace and peace go on that special sense of spiritual well-being no you need to get the classic book because then you would almost miss why it's important to greet in this manner so you would when i say grace and peace be multiplied to you i need you to understand what i'm actually saying when i greet you that way this afternoon or this evening go on may grace uh, god's favor yeah. and peace yeah. which is perfect well-being so first of all peace is perfect well-being remember yesterday when we got to the height of the word we began to talk about the bond of peace he said may grace and peace perfect well-being yeah all necessary good all necessary good so when i say peace be multiplied to you i am saying all good that is necessary be multiplied to you go on all spiritual prosperity all spiritual prosperity so the ability when needed to pray will be there the ability when needed to step into the word will be there and what and freedom from fears and agitating passions i think this one is so vital what is the thing that trapped men's future freedom from fear agitation agitating passions and what and moral conflict uh-huh be multiplied to you be multiplied to you in what in the full personal precise and correct knowledge of god uh-huh. and of our of jesus our lord so in the last few days we have i don't know how many days we have left but in the last few days that we do have what i'm asking for now what i'm asking god for is that the knowledge that you receive will be personal and it will be precise and also correct letting me know that there can actually be an incorrect knowledge that you receive of god you know and that can differ from generation to generation that can actually change from generation to generation there could have been a knowledge that was correct yesterday but god is in a different realm today so he says may grace and peace be multiplied to you so now when i greet you this evening may grace and peace be multiplied to you perfect well-being all necessary good i wonder if you, if like me you think that money is good money is good depending on whose hand it is in 
if it is hand if it is in the hand of those who are sent to advance the gospel then money is a necessary good because more money means more gospel, more advancement of the gospel so therefore all necessary good be multiplied to you all spiritual prosperity freedom from fears and agitations and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you verse 3 let's go for his divine power uh -huh. has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness. You can look at this. Take me back to the New King James Version now. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things. Okay, here we are. As his divine power has given to us all things. I pause there so that you can hear the word things. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. He didn't just say godliness. He said there are things that God's power has given you that pertain to this life in which you live in. So when you begin to talk about the gospel or when you begin to talk about Christ, the first thing you must actually understand is that his divine power has given to us all things. So there is nothing that I don't have. All things are yours. There is nothing that I do not possess. People sometimes want to look outside to possess certain things. But he said there is a divine power that has given to us all things. There is nothing that I lack. There is nothing that I need to go and get. There is nothing that is outside of me. Everything has been given to me by his divine power that pertains to life and godliness through what? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So in this third part of alternative lifestyle, you can almost guess where I'm going. He said it is through the knowledge of him. Life works through knowledge of God. In fact, there was a point when Peter began to began to teach the word of God in the temple courts and he, he got arrested by the Sadducees and the Pharisees and when the angel opened up the prison gate he commanded Peter and told him go and teach them the words of this life the scriptures that you receive the scriptures that you are inside of are actually given to you to teach you about this life you live so when we talk about alternative lifestyle, we're actually talking about God raising men that will be able to live in an alternative mode than the word live. I love the flyer by, of today, by the way, because it will show you two different type of men. The word did not come in order to just make you good Christians, to make you well-behaved Christians. The word is actually the roadmap to the life that God has ordained you to live. I need to re-emphasize these points to you tonight because otherwise you will enter into a religious sect once again. You will, a spat nation lifestyle can also become a religious, religious lifestyle if you don't actually realize that the word that you received on a Thursday and a Sunday by the Apostle P.T. is actually a roadmap to life. God did not just come to come and raise a good set of Christians that will be bound by the four words of the church. He said that his divine power has given to us all things. I want you to detail things with me tonight. If there are things that you lack in your own life, it is not because you are not working hard enough. 
to get those things. Actually, it is the fact that the divine power will release those things to you when it is time for those things because he says the divine power has given. So my life is not based on what I work for. My life is actually based on what is given to me. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. Relationships are a part of life. But his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. He begins to give us the roadmap to how to handle certain relationships. And before you go to boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife, there are relationships that God places in your life. There are relationships that God placed in the life of Joseph. There was the chief baker and the chief butler that was replaced in the life of Joseph. And God taught Joseph how to strategically deal with the relationships in, that, in, in his life. They both came to him with dreams. And he was able, by God's divine power, to interpret the dreams that were given to those men. He decoded dreams because his divine power had given to us all things. If there is a vision that you need to interpret, God's divine power has given you all things. There is no gifting that you are lacking. There is no gifting that is outside of you. It is just that whether you can tap into the divine power that has given you all things, it is a power realm. It is a realm of power that we tap into. It is a walk that we walk. And this realm of power, you do not get there by prayer. You get there by knowledge. So when PT started, Spirit Nation, when he began to go on the trail of the Spirit, he began to talk about knowledge being the highest currency. Because if you can get the knowledge of him, you will get the knowledge of life. You want the knowledge of the legal world, get the knowledge of him. He will teach you the knowledge of legal, le the justice system. It is starts through knowledge of him. Many times people are looking for knowledge of the, in the industries that they belong to. But they don't go for the knowledge of him. They're too busy to read the scriptures and for God to download understanding to them. But that's why they turn out like every other average Christian in the sectors that they're in. I've seen good doctors that are Christians, but I haven't seen takeover medical doctors. That's the difference between what we're talking about in the nation family. I've seen good lawyers. I've seen good bankers. Bankers that know how to do what their companies tell them to do. But they don't know how to interpret what God is doing in the banking world right now. Why? Because they don't have knowledge of him. If you do not have knowledge of the one who is sending you, then you will not have knowledge of the life he is sending you to. Yesterday we touched the scripture where it says, "Be walk and live a life worthy of the calling you have received. But the, in order to live a life worthy, you must have a life that has the knowledge of him. He said, he has divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. Have you got another translation for this? Or you wanted to read some? Go for it. As a result of this, uh -huh. he has given you magnificent promises yeah. that are beyond all price. Look at this. He has given you magnificent promises. People focus more on actualizing their potential instead of actualizing God's promises. Now this person is hard at work because they know they're young and they have potential or they know that they've lived life to a certain age and they feel like they, there's more potential in them but God says as a result what translation is this? TPT he says as a result is what? 
as a result of this, yeah. he has given you magnificent promises. He has given you magnificent promises. So I, I abandon potential to enter into promise because if I have promise, then promise will actualize potential for me. Many times you have potential, you're now working in a good environment, that's great. But your potential may mean nothing because God does not work according to potential. In fact, Abraham had a lot of potential. Abraham left his father's house to go to a land that God will show him. Abraham had potential. Abraham was young and vibrant. Abraham even was wealthy. There was a lot of potential around Abraham. He even had so many women that if they told um, Abraham that, they, or if Abraham told them or Sarah told them to come and sleep with him, they would sleep with him. It was not that the it was not the fact that Abraham could not give birth to children. It was the fact that God shut Sarah's room womb because He wanted her to actually not live on potential but to live on promise. We have a world that exists on potential. Companies pick people up, young people, depending on what community they're from because they realize the potentials in these people. But God doesn't want to realize the potential. He wants you to realize his promise. Because if you can realize his promise, then guess what? You are beyond price. Many people can buy you because they buy you according to your potential. Based on the potential you have, they give you a salary. And I'm not against salary. But, if I'm, but I'm only for salary if you use salary to actualize harvest. Harvest is promise. What God promised to man, that is what harvest is. So when I sit down and I look at the world today, I see a lot of people around with potential. In fact, there was some men, that visionaries, that then began to speak and say, when you go to the grave, you will see a lot of potentials in the grave. And yes, many people are buried with potentials, but also the church has been buried without achieving promise. There are many things that God has promised. He said, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond description, full price, and what? So that through the power of these tremendous promises. Look, these promises carry a power. That's why I'm, I'm actually taking us back to the, the foundations of the word. Because I think it's going to redefine the rest of our lives. And as we spend these days that we have dissecting and analyzing what God is saying through these scriptures. Through the power of these tremendous promises, you can what? We can experience partnership. Wow. You can experience partnership with what? With the divine nature. With the divine nature. So before you start the business partnership, before you start a partnership where, where you want to now, you know, a joint venture, there is a joint venture you can start with God's promises. I see that through scriptures over and over again. Many times Abraham would talk to God and ask God, what will I get? What will be my reward? Because Eliezer is the only person I have in my house and he will inherit all that I have. But God says, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. Why? Because I have given you certain promises. I said through you, I said to you that through Sarah, you will give birth to a child. It was a promise. There was power in that promise. As long as Abraham was walking according to that promise, there was a divine nature that Abraham participated in. Tonight, I want to teach you how to become partners with the divine nature. 
I want to teach you how to enter into a partnership with God because what the world is looking for is the divine. They're looking for somebody or a group of people, a family that can enter into extraordinary circumstances. And that is why your circumstances around you will be, will be peculiar. That's why when you look at the circumstances that brought you into the nation family, it will be peculiar. It will not be, it will not be like an ordinary man or ordinary woman. Your lifestyle will not be ordinary because God is looking to give you a, 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 a partnership with the divine nature by which by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of systems. So realize, it is either you're partnering with systems or you're partnering with promise. You know what I love about promises? You see a promise, right? A promise keeps someone hopeful. How do you walk through life? You walk through life with a promise. Because it says, a man promised me things, and he failed. But you see God's promises, right? It comes with a power. God only promises you so that you can realize the power to actualize what he promised. God is not actually coming to, 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 to carry out the promise. He's actually waiting for you to mature to a place where you actualize the promise that he promised. So he gives the promises, but man actualizes what he promises. So there are certain things that God has promised to certain generations. For example, he told Abraham that the Israelites would be in bondage for 400 years. But they cried and they prayed and they, and they knew that it was, the time of slavery was over. But until Moses was actualized, they're not coming out of slavery. So man carries out what God promises. Is that far-fetched? God promised Isaac through your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But it would have to be Abraham mixing with Sarah in order for that to be actualized. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world of systems. So it is either I partner with systems and I try to make my way up the corporate ladder as we say. <laughs> we make our way up the corporate ladder climbing and climbing and climbing partnering with systems. And trust me, there are many people that have tried to make their way up that corporate ladder and they've had to speak with a few people in order to climb up that corporate ladder because, the, trust me, the system will not partner with you for free. System does not partner on potential. Or is that, is the other one is to partner with his promise. Because when I partner with his promise, I am actually given over to a divine nature. What makes me divine? What I partner with. So devote yourselves. Go for it. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Uh -huh. That through them you may be partakers of the divine nature. It has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What does God give? Promises. He only gives you the fact that if you come into this family this is what I have called you to that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1 that's just my greeting to you tonight 
Now let's look at what Paul the Apostle said to the Ephesus church. Let me first of all establish this. Do you know what I realized about Paul the Apostle? Every time he preached the word of God, what would happen is he would develop local communities. So when he went to Corinth, he developed the church. But the church wasn't just a place, a formal building in which they would come and praise God and go home. He actually developed houses. In those houses, local communities began to form. So when you hear things like to the church in Corinth, it was actually a community he was writing to. It wasn't just um, a, a formal church where they met for service every Sunday. No, he developed communities. So when you see the nation family, again, what do you think the nation family will do in nations? We'll develop communities once again. Communities that were alternatives to the current community. They will speak a different language. Not maybe not a different dialect, but they will understand a different language. They will also understand a different way of doing things, an alternative system. So they will also have their own alternative ways of living. They will have their own alternative brandings. Like in this community, you can have an ME, and that will be the start of many alternative brandings that will come into this community. So when Paul began to write, he actually began to write to communities. So when you hear the church in Ephesus, let me rebrand that a bit. There is power in the church, but let me rebrand it to say to the community in Ephesus. So Paul taught the word to a place where communities began to develop. People began to sell themselves out to the word. But it says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Praise be to God and yeah. Father our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. who has blessed us in the heavenly realm uh -huh. with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I love this. He says, praise be to God who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in who? Christ. Everything that goes on in the nations today is only waiting for the men and women. Every bad or negative, every disaster you see around you, every war, every conflict that you see around you, every sight of poverty that you are experiencing, when you look into certain nations and you see poverty all around it, what those things are waiting for are those, the men and women in Christ. This is interesting for me, and I used to actually be baffled by this scripture. He says, "Bless who has blessed us in heavenly in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ." So one day I was just stumbled on something, and I heard a pastor preaching and saying, "How do you convert the 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 blessing in the heavenly realm into the into the earthly realm?" I said he didn't get it. There's no conversion. You do not exist in the earthly realm. You, you exist in the heavenly realm. You are a heavenly man existing on earth. So when he says who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, what he's actually saying to you is that the man who is found in the location of Christ is actually, does not actually exist in the earthly realm. He exists in the heavenly realm, but he walks on the earth. So what we have to first of all do is dispel this preaching of how do you convert the
the blessings that he has blessed you with in the heavenly realm into the earthly realm. There's no conversion. The one, the man who exists in Christ exists in both realms. There's no difference. Oh my days. This man can translate between realms as he wishes. So he doesn't convert the blessings of heaven because they don't actually exist in heaven. They exist in his realm. His realm is the heavenly realms. But I'm only passing through this because I need to get to a, be, to, a, to a certain point tonight. The first thing I want you to take away is in Christ. When a man is found in Christ, he is found in a realm that is not subject to heaven and it is not subject to earth. It is actually able to walk through both realms as, it, as he pleases. In Christ. We're still going somewhere. Verse 4. For he chose us in him. Uh -huh. before the creation of the world why am I taking you through this scripture from the beginning where we were going is to in him for he chose us in him this is so interesting for me because when you talk about family you actually are talking about the son he said for he chose us in him so I realized this realm called Christ is actually a realm called family he chose us in him before the creation of the world to do what? To be holy uh -huh. and blameless in his sight. Uh -huh. In love, yeah. he predestined us for adoption to sonship. In love. I love that. He said he predestined us. So when a man begins to live out his days on earth, do you know what he's doing? He's living out his predestination. So this guy is trying to manufacture, and you know I'm, I'm on this campaign for the last few days. This man is trying to manufacture how he lives his life. He doesn't know that there is a predestined life that God has already set out before him. So when you open the word, when you open the scriptures, you're actually just finding out the roadmaps. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there is already a lamp and a light set out on my path. I don't actually need to worry about my future or my tomorrow. Why? Because there is a word that has been detailed for me that would actually set out my tomorrow for me. So if I am going to take over the banking world, do I need to worry about how? No. The word is a light unto my feet and a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Said the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He did what? Amplified translation. Uh -huh. Even as in his love, yeah. he chose us actually picked us out for himself as his own yeah in christ before the foundation of the world it all happened before the foundation of the world he picked us out he chose us he before he created adam he had a predestined plan that if man failed this is what i would do next but where god was always going was to family so he says, even as in his love, he chose us, actually picked us out before the foundations of the earth. Go on. That we should be holy, uh -huh. consecrated, and set apart for him, yeah. and blameless in his sight. That's right. Even above reproach, before him in love. Before, verse 5. For he foreordained us, uh -huh. destined us, yeah. planned in love for us. Did you see what I was saying? I love that word, foreordained. He destined us. So why are you in the nation family today? You're destined. Someone said, I, I don't know if you really believe in destiny. I said, I don't need to believe in 
some of you are walking a path and most times the fight of some people is that they struggle against God because they cannot begin to get to grips with what they have been destined for. So I don't need a five-year plan. I don't need to mark out my next three months except for my faith presence of God. But I just need to plug into what has already been destined. I want to show you, I want to show you tonight the true position of rest. Because rest is found in him. It is in Christ. So all this time, Christ was trying to take us to his location. Someone says, what is in him? I'm still coming. Destined. Planned in love for us to be what? To be adopted. To be adopted. Revealed. As his own children. Here we are again. Remember I told you yesterday that what Christ came to establish was a family. What is in him to be in God's family? That's in him. Just in case you think, how do you fit in Christ Jesus? You know, some people actually term that to mean that you climb into Christ. Like, no, in your mind, you walk. You climb into his body. Have you ever thought of what in him meant? Says in him, I, I am in him. How do I know I'm in him? Everybody will be thinking, if I ask that question now, everybody will be giving some mad answers. Even preachers have tried to preach in him. In him is family. The, because he says, look what he says here. Planned in love for us to be what? To be adopted, uh -huh. revealed as his own children. Yeah. Through Jesus Christ. So to be revealed, the revelation that you are his children through Jesus Christ. So through the, let me use this word, you know it's a bit more than this. Through the transportation of Jesus Christ, you are revealed as his family. So that's when you begin to talk about in him because we're going to a deeper dimension of in him. When you're found as his family, again, let's just finish this scripture because I'm, I'm, I'm excited to go ahead of myself. In accordance with the purpose of his will, yeah. because it pleased him yeah. and was his kind intent, yeah. so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, yeah. favor and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us yeah. in the beloved. In him we have redemption. In him we have redemption. And you just be thinking again, you'll see in him. If you go through Ephesians chapter 1 and you realize how many times it says in him, in him, in him, then you will begin to think, okay, what is this in him? What is this? In him we have redemption. Go on. Deliverance and salvation through yeah. his blood. It's all in him. So this in him cannot just be in a man. It must be a realm. It must be, there must be a realm called him. Where the family of God resides. It's so it says, in him we have redemption. Yeah. The remission, forgiveness of our offenses. Uh -huh. Shortcomings and trespasses. Yeah. In accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Okay which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom. In him is all the foundation of the world. Okay, you might have done it. Read on, read on, read on. 
in him we have redemption, deliverance and salvation. Through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insights and prudence, making known to us the mystery, secret of his will and go on, go on. of his plan, yeah. of his purpose. So making known to us, this is where we start from tonight. Making known to us the mystery. First things first, there's a mystery of his will. You can go back to New King James Version now. Paul would say things like, I declare to you a mysterion. There is a mystery. This mystery is what I want to take us further into tonight. Because the first two days was to lay the foundation to be able to come here. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to what? To the riches of his grace. Uh-huh. According to his good pleasure. This is the one I see here. Which he purposed in himself. So the beginning of purpose starts when you enter into Christ. Now that entering into Christ is not when you come to enter a altar call. It is actually when you enter into his family. So he says there is a mystery of this will, his will. He says according to his good pleasure which he proposed in himself, then that in the dispensation uh, of the fullness of the times uh, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Okay. He might gather together in one all things in Christ. So do you see why over the last two days I've been having to speak about one, one, one. You're not going into Christ unless you're going in as one. You're not actually entering into Christ until, unless you're entering in unified. So he says to us tonight, it was the plan and purposes of God to actually gather together all things to himself inside of Christ. Both which are in heaven okay. and which are on earth. So guess what? Inside of Christ exists heaven and on earth. So the truth of the matter is you cannot be blessed in the heavenly realms and be trying to convert the blessing of the heavenly realm to, to the earth if you're in Christ. Because both exist on the inside of him. Both do not exist on the outside of him. So when you begin to talk about in Christ, the man or woman who is in Christ, you're talking about the alternative man. You're talking about, it is not even the man of heaven. It is the man that is actually larger than heaven. So people make all of these, um, these, these fantasies, fantasies. They're preaching about when we get to heaven. I'm saying I'm already in heaven because I'm in Christ. I don't, want, I don't know if we read the scriptures that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are what? In heaven uh, and which are on earth. Where? In him. In him. So I'm saying, I was listening, I just started on the preaching, and I said, this can't actually be right. It sounded powerful though. It sounded very powerful to convert the heavenly, the blessings you've been blessed with in the heavenly realms to convert it to the earth. That sounds correct. But wait a second. If you're in him, what exists in him is heaven and earth. So you have access to both realms at will. 
Verse 11. In him also yeah. we have obtained an inheritance. Oh my goodness. It's like you can't escape this in him. So this is the question we're going through, but this is just the first principle of scripture. In him also we have what? Obtained an inheritance. Okay. Being predestined according to the purpose of him yeah. who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love what did he convey you into a kingdom he conveyed you into the kingdom of the son of his love why is that important in him both heaven and earth exist 14 in whom we have redemption through his blood. Did you see that scripture again? The kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood. In Ephesians we heard, in him you have redemption through his blood. We didn't know that Christ himself is a kingdom on his own. So when you come into Christ, you came into a certain kingdom. When we talk about alternative lifestyle, we're actually talking about kingdom. So what you are, is you are an ambassador for a certain kingdom. In that kingdom, sickness can be overcome. In that kingdom, you can be broke tomorrow, I mean yesterday, and you can be rich tomorrow. In that kingdom, you have redemption, the purchasing back of certain things. If you were sold over to poverty, you can receive redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we thank him for the blood sometimes. Why do we thank him for the blood because it is the redemptive power in the kingdom of God so what am I coming to speak to you tonight about I'm coming to speak to you about kingdom alternative lifestyle the kingdom of God he says in whom we have redemption through his blood I can't wait anymore I'm sorry I have to now start preaching the forgiveness of his sins yeah go on he is the image uh -huh. of the invisible God then he begins to speak about Christ he said Christ was the image of the invisible God some translations say the son the family member is the image of the invisible God. The, the firstborn over all creation. In him, the kingdom was the firstborn over all creation. Look at in him now. Go and read on. For by uh, all things were created. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and on earth. So God cannot live in heaven because he created that which created heaven and earth. So we need to start reading our Bible more holistically as a church. God, you don't need to convert the power of heavenly. There's no such. This is going to be so. There's no such thing as heavenly blessing. You said I want, I, I, I want to convert the blessing that God has for me in the heavenly realm. Read your Bible. As long as you are in Christ. He's already said, bless, why would you be giving praise to God for something you cannot read? Imagine Paul the Apostle writing the scriptures and saying, and he said, praise be to God our Father, for who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with all blessings. He then says, why are you praising him if you can't reach him? You can't.
you are in Christ. So he says, but for by him, all things were created that are in heaven. And that are on earth. That are on earth. Visible. And invisible. Uh-huh. Whether thrones or dominions. Okay. Or principalities or powers. Or things were created through him uh-huh. and for him. All things were created through who? Christ. The Son. The image of the invisible God. All things were created for him and by him. So look at the man or woman that claims to be in Christ. That claims to be a part of the Son. Look at what they have access to. What am I coming to tell you tonight? This, you know what offends me the most, right? Is when I see someone tripping. I guess I said tripping. I see them tripping over things as little as a relationship gone wrong. Sometimes I feel to open my Bible and just read them for by him. All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible do you know why because it actually comes to detail to you what you have access to it actually comes to show you the extent of your access he says whether thrones the things that have been established the monarchies that have been established he said even though they are established they were established by him the things, the, the presidents that currently sit in power, they were established by him, whether thrones or dominions. There are certain dominions, kingdoms that exist, the United Kingdom. He said those dominions, the dominions of kings that now exist, they were actually created by him. So the man who is in him has access to all these things. This one is talking about local communities. But God has created you to have access to kings and to queens. You are not just a man or a a male man or woman. You are a man or a woman that God is raising to have access to thrones, to dominions, to what? To principalities or powers. Uh All things were created through him and for him. I have to pause there. agenda of the nation family is to take back what was created through him and for him. So how do I know that we're not going to see Christ just yet? Because we haven't taken back what was created by him. Do you know what Christ expects from us? That we will submit kingdoms back to him. So if you have somewhere where you write notes, what I want you to write right now is that I'm actually created to submit a kingdom back to God. The fact you from the kingdom, but it was created by him, for him. So when you go to where you're going, know that there are certain things that were actually created for him. As great as entertainment is, it was created by him for him. So it is not no to entertainment. It is just who it is for. All things were created through him and for him. Go on. And he is before all things. Okay. Now, he said he is before all things. And this is where we're going. And? And in him. Yeah. 
yeah. all things consist. Where does all things consist? In him. If I am in him, I have all things. There's no such thing as a believer bringing growth. Your life is not meant to work on attaining things. It's actually meant to work on accessing things. God is meant to grant you access to certain men, to certain women. Men and women will just see you and they will feel like they need to give you certain accesses. But do you know what happens most times? There is something in our heart that tells us that if we don't do things a certain way, we're not going to get much out of life. But look at it though. Look how you've been doing things a certain way. Look how many years you've been living and trying to do things a certain way. And guess what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. But he says, in him, all things consist. So I realized that my life is not a life of attainment. It's a life of access. God will grant me access to certain things as I walk with him and in him. Verse 18. Two things he said. Go on. He existed before anything was made. Uh-huh. And now everything finds completion in him. And now everything finds completion in him. So what is Christ to you? Your head start. You're supposed to have a head start. You're supposed to be ahead of the world. I know it looks like you're behind now. That is only because you haven't seen the restart that God has done inside of the world right now. When the world actually manifests its restart, you will realize that you're ahead, not behind. So this person is trying to catch up with the people that they call their idols. The billionaires of the world, the millionaires, the multi-millionaires, multi-millionaires has to be a, anyway, you get it. The multi-millionaires of the world, the influencers of the world, not knowing that those are fading away. What God did is he positioned you as a frontier of a new world order. The new system that he is actually bringing into play and into power. So it looks like you're behind, but he's gathering a family that will understand him so that through him he can place them as the new generation leaders there is a generation that will walk into you there is a generation that will come and find you why because they will find completion in you they will find completion in you because you are in him and he said in him all things consist so guess what happens i love this he says that he will tilt people in your direction once you have secured and established your place in him. Because they are only misbehaving now because they are waiting for you to establish your place. The minute you establish your position in him, guess what happens? The world tilts in your direction because they cannot have completion outside of you. They will not have completion outside of you because you are in him. And you are the ones whom God has sent to make the world complete. And now everything finds completion in him. He is. And he is the head of the body, uh, the church, yeah. who is the beginning. Go on. The firstborn from the dead. Did you see that now? So he said, he is the head.
head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in uh, he may have the preeminence. So what is Christ after? Preeminence. Christ is after reigning, rulership. So what you are designed for is to submit all things back to Christ. So it is not just enough to have church gatherings. That's not what God is after. Imagine you're praying to God and God is upset. God is saying that I'm actually developing a family that can go out into the legal world and bring the legal world and submit it back under the feet of Christ because that's where it belongs. I'm still coming to show you what I said. I told you you're actually at the head and not the tail. You're actually at the beginning of a new generation and you're not at the back of a new generation. You are not behind. You're actually in front. I'm about to show you in a moment through this same scripture what God is trying to raise in this house. What God is trying to say with some of you. What do I want you to do then? Put aside emotion. Put aside inadequacies. Put those things aside because he says it is actually called the vehicle, called the church, that will then begin to submit things back to God. So when he called you to the church, he called you to a place of power, not a place of solving problems, not a place of asking for miracles, not a place of telling pastor to pray for me. He's not after those things from your life. He's actually saying that I raised you so that you can bring certain things back to my preeminence. I didn't raise you so that you can ask me to give you a good career, to give you a nice family, to give you a good house, to give you good cars, to give you good clothes. When did the church become a place, prayer place to pray for good houses and clothes? Do you know those things should have just been a byproduct of you walking in your function as the church? So guess what he does? He gets rid of the old flame and raises a new flame. The minute we begin to pray about certain things that he is already saying that look that is not even what I'm interested in there was not one time when you saw Paul the apostle gather, gather singles and say I'm praying to bless you that you may find a good husband uh -uh. he never said that but what did he say he said that the church who is the beginning so wherever there is a church in the nation there is a beginning whenever God raises a new flame it just means that he's raising a new beginning you are the beginning of a new generation. You are the beginning of a new leadership. That's why I understand now when PT begins to say that the new world will be led by pastors. There are third world countries that are waiting for your leadership. Why? Because they are, the, they are also waiting for the third day church to arise. A revival will spring from the church, but this revival will be different. It will not be like the revivals of old where you will just see healings and I believe in healings and I be believe in the power of God that will heal, but it will be more than healings. It will heal nations economically. The church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things yeah, he may have the preeminence. In him exists all things. Go on. For it pleased the Father yeah. that in him. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. What? And by him to reconcile all things to himself. No, you see, when you see and it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness of the Godhead 
bodily should dwell. You've got to find that translation. I have to talk about this because that's why this whole week is called Alternative Lifestyle. In Hebrew. If, it's, if I'm in him, what it takes to lead the world is in me. outside of me. It does not exist in the books that I read. It exists in him. Creation exists in him. For it, it pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of divine perfection, powers and attributes should dwell in him permanently. God took what it took to be God and placed it in him. So there is nothing outside of Christ. There is no life outside of Christ. So when, why are we this confident to speak the way we speak? Why do I know that some of you will prosper because you're in him? Why do I know that some of you will become billionaires because you're in him? In him, all things consist. Why do I know that some of you will take over certain mountains because of you're in him. In him, all things consist. Do you know that Christ can point anything in any direction when he's ready? He said, in him, whether thrones or dominions, powers, um, principalities, all exist in him. But he said, for it pleased the Father that all the divine fullness the sum total of the divine perfection, powers and attributes should dwell in him permanently. So who must be the most powerful people on the planet Earth right now? Or the universe Earth right now? Wouldn't it be those who exist on, in him? So the church kept praying for external things. God bless me with a house. No, God lead me to him. Oh my days. So when you say, lead me to you, forever, Lord, I will pursue, I will pursue. Because in him, all the fullness of divine perfection and powers exist. It is in him. So as long as I am in him, what it takes to lead the world is in me. God purposed that through, by the service, the intervention of him, the son, yeah. all things should be completely reconciled back to himself. What did I say to you? I said that what God has created you for is to reconcile all things back to himself. So what does that make you there for? An ambassador of this kingdom. So did you notice what he said to you? Seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things shall be added because if you seek the kingdom then guess what will happen naturally you will reconcile things back to him so tonight what I needed to do and to establish with you 
is to establish that you are created for more than a relationship. Simple. Many times people are defined by what they're in or what they do. But how are you defined? You're an ambassador. So all the days of word, when we began to talk about the body, and we began to talk about the sea, we began to talk about this and that. What are you? You're created to reconcile all things completely back to God. So if a pastor Abba is sitting in front of me, how would she know if she completed the assignment that she was created for? Not because she stayed in the church and she preached good messages. Until the vacuum world is reconciled back to God. So I don't need to know what I'm doing my whole lifetime long. I'm on a lifetime mission to reconcile a certain world back to God because it belongs to Him. You didn't come to church just to lift up your hands and pray. That's good. It admits that you are surrendered. But after surrenderedness, what next? What next? Otherwise, do you know what will happen to you? What will happen to you is this. You will outgrow church. You will outgrow prayer. You will outgrow word. But I must be able to tell an evangelist, Odelia, that you know you're created to reconcile a certain industry back to God. Otherwise, I will outgrow the fellowship time. What makes this 31 days potent is not because of how fancifully I preach or the smoothness of my word, but actually the, 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 the effectiveness of assignment. That every time we gather like this, it is actually because we're actually created to reconcile certain things back to himself. He said, go back to NKJV for me. reconcile all things to himself yeah. by him whether things on earth or things in heaven so there are still things in heaven that need to be reconciled back to God but he says whether things on earth so look at this look at the system you're in and take a quick meditation quickly because I know some of you you've already picked your industry you said yes I'm, I'm created to um um, bring back the uh, catering industry back to God. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Think with me for a second. He says to us that once we are in him, that by him, so you cannot necessarily choose what you will reconcile but you know that your life will take a certain path some of you when you first entered into the nation family you wanted to be certain things and now that's changed right let me tell you what that is only illustrated by him I remember there were certain um things you would hear. You know when you're as a pastor you sit down with certain people, you tell them what do you want to become? You hear all sorts of things. I want to own a chain of this. I want to own this. I want to own that. And all you say is wow, powerful. Not because you're actually against what they're saying. Some say I want to become the best lawyer. I want to become the best this and this and that. And you're not against those things. In fact, you're mostly for those things. 
but you also understand there's a dimension called by him because by him it is the way God tilts your life some of you thought you would have had great you know uh, I, I, we were in the car today me and anyway let me leave that um, by him to reconcile all things to himself by him go on whether things on earth or things in heaven, yeah. having made peace through the blood of his cross. Go on. And you, who once were alienated yeah. and enemies in your mind by yeah. wicked works, yeah. yet now he has reconciled mm. in the body of his flesh yeah. through death to present you holy okay. and blameless mm. and above reproach in his sight. Okay. If indeed you continue in the faith, yeah. grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, mm. which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. We'll deal with this another time. Second Corinthians chapter 5, so that I can finish. This will be my final scripture for tonight. reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation so the agency you have is the agency of reconciliation to reconcile things back to God as you sit where you're sitting tonight as you watch from where you're watching from tonight you are actually given the ministry of reconciliation. So next time you, I come to you or some of your leaders come to you or some of your friends come to you and you ask, they ask you, what do you do? Tell them reconciliation. So are you fighting with your boyfriend? Do you want me to reconcile you tonight? Look what he gave you as a ministry. That doesn't mean everybody will be pastors in the church, well they will be pastors in the church, but you know what I mean, it means that no matter what world you go to he gave you the ministry of reconciliation so your highest asset in life will still be people, because what you are called to do is reconcile things back to God you are called to reconcile the, the, the entertainment world back to God, so guess what yes, even though I may, I may look at life in a certain perspective I may feel like I don't have much to do on a daily basis. I actually have a lot to do. But I only have a lot to do inside of him. The lot to do that I have is the ministry of reconciliation. To bring things back. So what I came in order to bring things back. My life is supposed to be a statement of bringing things back, extracting things and taking them back to the Father. So when you lay your hands on the banking field, when you lay your hands on the entertainment field, you're supposed to be like a rugged man or woman that is supposed to take things back. Not a man or woman who is under pressure. When I look at some people, I just see people under pressure. Not people who came into that world to dominate. What was Adam meant to be? He was meant to be an ambassador of the kingdom that was supposed to take things back for God. He was supposed to take the whole earth by its neck. 
don't know if the earth has a neck, but that's what came to my mind. He said he was supposed to take the earth back by its neck and bring it back into the subjection of God. He was supposed to put all things under Christ's feet. So now I understand when God said to my Lord, said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Do you know what he was saying there? That I will raise you a family that will begin to go into certain industries once again and put certain things back under your feet. That is what it calls the ministry of reconciliation. So I'm looking around me tonight and I'm looking at where are the family members that will rise up to then take their place amongst the nations. That when you get enter into a certain nation, you enter into that nation to take it by the neck. You enter into that nation to put it and bring it into subjection of Christ. And that doesn't mean that everybody will be singing, holy, holy are you Lord. That just means when the decision makers are making the decision, they would have to ask you what to do. I saw Daniel bring Babylon into subjection. There were instances and moments where he seized the moment and used that moment to bring Babylon to his knees. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So when I enter into a system, the job is to bring that system to its knees. Why? Because I have an alternative system called Christ. The church could have turned Christ into a religious figure who we worship. And I believe in the worship. But it's more than that. It is a system. It is either the system of the world or it is the system of Christ. The alternative life. So he said, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation, yes? I don't have time for Amplified, just read 19. That is, that God was in Christ, mm -hmm. reconciling the world to himself. That is, that God was in Christ. So where does God live? In Christ. Now we just found the abode of God. That God was in Christ. Where does God live? In you. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So what did Christ do? Reconcile the systems that exist back to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them. Huh? And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So, so you see, there was a time, for the other one, the part of this ministry, there was a time like a Jehovah's Witness and preach hell to you and tell you if you don't accept Christ you're going to hell do I not believe that message I do a bit I think I don't know I think some people are ready here <laughs> but he said he didn't impute their trespasses to them so you're not going to preach a message of doom and gloom to the world what you're preaching is the message of reconciliation. That Christ owns all things. That's the message that you're preaching. And he has committed us to what? 
to the word of reconciliation. He committed us to the word of reconciliation. That's what he committed us to. So don't ever ask what your assignment is again. I've spelled it out right here. I've taught it to you from scripture to scripture. But I've got to read now then. We are ambassadors for Christ. Did you see that? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Do you know if I told you that you are employed by the kingdom, you would think that's a religious statement? Because if I told you someone asked you what your employment is, you're employed by the kingdom. But look at those who are actually employed by the kingdom. I don't think there is anybody in any sector that is better than me. You know what I realized coming down here tonight? Like, see the nation family, see the young people in the nation family. They're the best that exists anywhere in the world. You are the best that exists anywhere in the world. There is no kind like your kind. The word you have received, the word that has shaped you and formed you, there can never, if people meet you, they'll be thinking, what kind of man is this? But do you know what happens sometimes? There is inferiority complex that sits over your own life. You're the best. I had to even write it down that there, there, there is, there is no, no specimen or kind or human species like the nation family species. Now then, you are ambassadors for Christ. But the reason why I even said that is because when, if I was to say you're employed by the kingdom, they'll say, oh, see, Sam, you're being extra again. But I'm thinking in my mind, no, if I said it, do I look like somebody that's suffering? Even those that work for the best banks and the best companies, do they look like how we look? No. They're fed snippets while people are making millions per day. So the best of our community cannot be best, better than those employed by the, uh, the kingdom. Which celebrity, which influencer is better than us who are employed by the kingdom? Which of them? So if I take the employment of the kingdom to my industry, then guess what I'm doing? I'm actually superimposing myself on that industry to become the best there. It is not too small to be a servant of God. As though. God, we're pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Yeah. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. This is where I end tonight. I came to establish some things with you so that by tomorrow, Thursday service, you're ready for an, another word. He has committed us to the word of reconciliation. He has committed us to reconcile things back to God. So we are ambassadors for him. Wherever you step, wherever you go, you know, when they used to say you are ambassadors for Christ, be a good boy, be a good girl. No, it's a lot more than that. Reconciliation. Reconcile. Bring it back. 
submit kingdoms to God. Your job is to subdue, to take over, to submit things back to God. So what did I come to say to you tonight? Get rid of the inadequacies. Get rid. Thank you. I thought as much. Get rid of the thoughts and the, and the things that make you feel small. You know, no matter where you are, what you're doing, don't think it's small. As long as you're in him, it will lead to wherever it is meant to go. But do you know where my confidence lies? In him. It lies in him. But tonight was for me to systematically establish in him. Whether it be thrones, whether it be powers, whether it be dominions, you are called to take it over. The mystery of God that he called you from whatever background you're coming from and placed you in him so that through him you can reconcile the 